Listeners, welcome back. It's time once again for Maya, my yoga audio, where it's always a great time for your mind to be on the mat. I'm delighted to present another interview today with a really, really cool person who I've just met in the last two weeks, born in Oakland and raised in Sacramento. Simona Whiteside is a singer with a sound like none other I've encountered before. You can hear her songs on Spotify, YouTube, Reverb Nation, and many more online channels. All of her songs have thousands and sometimes even tens of thousands of plays. As a multi-talented contemporary gospel vocalist and singer, when I first heard her music, I was just blown away. I wasn't expecting such nuance within an intimate yet powerful and modern way of singing while still honoring her roots in the gospel tradition in exciting ways. Simona makes music that is thoughtful, conscious, and driven by the desire to inspire comfort and spread love and joy to all those who hear it. Simona is also a wife and mother, using her voice and her music as a vehicle to express her perspectives and tell stories. Her overarching ambition is to encourage and motivate people, pushing the boundaries of our perception as to what music, devotion, and particularly what gospel music can be. Simona believes that music may not change the world, but that it can certainly change people in the world. Simona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. You are very welcome, and thank you for having me. Yeah, I was so excited when Eric, who's my new co-worker at the Sacramento Black Chamber of Commerce, we were talking about music one day at work, and he showed me where your Spotify channel was, and I was like, what? This is amazing. How have I not <laughs> heard of this person before? And immediately wanted to get you onto the show. Thank you. You're so welcome. I listened to all the tracks on Spotify that very day. And I wondered if to start us off, you could tell our listeners a little bit about your journey to singing. Maybe who was the first singer you remember feeling was truly speaking to you and what has happened on your road to being who you are and what your sound is today? Okay. Well, um, my musical journey started when I was a little kid. I've always been naturally drawn to music. And the only issue that I had was I was incredibly shy. 
but I knew innately there was something in me that wanted to sing, something in me that was really drawn to musical expression. So um, I, I went through different changes, like growing up of, you know, one story I tell is I used to sing in the closet. <laughs> and because oh. I was so shy, I didn't want anyone to hear me sing. But I was really big on tone and pitch. And so in my beginning stages, I would do little things where I would, you know, go in the closet and I would sing towards the wall to match my, my pitch with the music that would sit outside. I'd put a little radio outside of the, of the closet and I would try to match the tone like dead on as much as I could. And so I would do little things like that. I would listen to a lot of different music. I was raised very religious if you will, in a God-fearing home. So the type of music I was allowed to listen to was limited, mm -hmm. but my parents did allow me to use my allowance money and go to Tower Records once a week. And I would always look for my two favorite gospel artists at the time, which were John P. Key and Daryl Coley. So I loved the rawness of John P. Key, his tone, and his lyrics, and then I loved the smooth vocals of Daryl Coley, the way he would express in song. And so that's who I listened to. I would always rush to get their newest albums, and those are the two people who really, really inspired me. Of course, I listened to a lot of choir music, like Mississippi Mass, that type of thing. And I also, growing up, listened to a lot of classical music. My mm. dad was really into classical music. He was really into opera. And so we got a lot of that in the house. So I have an appreciation for, for that too. But the biggest thing with my musical journey, as far as being an artist, is overcoming fear. Mm -hmm. I was very bound by fear to the point where even when I was a child just coming up, I wanted to sing, but I didn't always feel safe, safe in my environment. I didn't feel safe to express. I didn't know if it was going to come out right or wrong. I was afraid of the criticism and it would feel like something was literally choking me every time I got ready to sing and I couldn't understand why. So I had a lot of embarrassing moments growing up, but as I grew, getting through that whole musical process and time of learning who I am, identity-wise as a singer and as a person, I learned you must be brave because mm. whatever gift that you have, when you're gone, it's gone. You know, you need to use it while you have it. You need to share it while you can. And even though some people may criticize you, you never know who can be touched by your music. And think of it this way. If you're talking about hitting the wrong note, or maybe I didn't hit the tone. I didn't do the exact tone that I wanted to do right at this part. If you sing with feeling and you are genuine and you are authentic, that translates too. So I've learned to be who I am. Don't let anyone force me out of the box or out of my frame of reference as far as how I like to express mm -hmm. and being confident in that. That has helped me throughout my musical process to get better and to get better and to get better. The highlight of this journey was, so we go through childhood, we go through the shyness, we go through the fear, and 
Then we start performing a little bit more, getting a little bit more comfortable playing musical instruments. I was very comfortable with instruments, did that. But then I went to a recording studio and that was so fun. Something about being able to try it over and over and over again, as long as you have the money to do so, that just, it's almost like being at the recording studio is like a canvas and you get to paint and you get to sprinkle it with the harmonies and the different colors you want to use however you see fit. Look at the painting and say, do I like that? No, I want to take that yellow out. That's kind of how I see the recording process and that's where I feel like I really blossomed and got even better as far as honing my craft. Up until this time now, this is kind of my progression and this is where I'm at now. Yeah. How old were you, can I ask, when you first had the chance to go into a recording studio? Were you still in, in high school? No, I was about 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's still young, though. Yeah. Took me a long time. I was very afraid, but I got in there. <laughs> you did. The voice, and I think that's, it's interesting. And it's something I've talked about on the show before. In terms of yoga, the throat is one of the chakras. And so most people, who feel any hesitancy in life when they're not using their true voice, whether it's to speak, you know, something they need to speak their truth, whether they're actually a singer. I used to have like a ton of throat ailments as a child and a young woman. And it's, it's literally tied to our emotional, you know, what we feel like we're free to express. So I totally understand that like gridlock you felt in your throat when presented with that. Cause it's like, it's such an important gift and a powerful gift. And it's it's scary because I think you know that and like your heart knows that and your mind knows that and you want it to be right and perfect. And so thank you for sharing that Welcome. vulnerable side of things because we have all been there <laughs> in one way, shape or form or another. I wanted to ask you about one of your videos that I saw and there was some text in there talking about how inspiration for that particular song came about because of some who might believe or have said to you that there's only one way to sing or one reason, namely God, and that the sole purpose of music should be about that. Can you kind of tell us more about that and, and what informed your approach to how I see it as expressing your divinity through sharing your singing gifts with others, but maybe just telling us about some of your experiences and how you've overcome that to have this really unique and powerful sound that you have now? Well, um, my philosophy on gospel music is this. To me, when I hear gospel music as a genre, I usually think of it in one way. I think of it in choir, that choir mm -hmm. sound, that old school, repetitive lyrics, different elements that are known to the sound of gospel music. And I think that's, that's important, and I honor that. I appreciate that. However, I don't like being stuck in that box for several reasons. Because to me, singing gospel music is basically me singing about my favorite subject, which is mm. God. Just because... Mm. He has literally done so much for me. I'm one of those people who I had a lot of different things that happened to me in my life early on. And I always, for some reason, attached to God. 
And so I was that chatterbox when I was a kid, and I'm always praying and asking, and well, God, and and then things started happening. My questions, you know, started to get answered, shown different things, and so God became a reality to me at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always been, you know, where I'm at now. I, I'm definitely haven't always been perfect or anything like that, but I always had that lifeline. So when things got really dark for me things that other people may not have survived through, I knew if I just kept praying, I'd get an answer. It could take days, but if I just keep praying, I'm going to get some sort of hope so that I can continue. So he is what I like to sing about because I feel like I'm really only here because of him. Mm. And so that is my offering to give it back and to share not so that people come back to Simona. Oh, Simona, what, what about this and what about that? No, I want you to listen to who I'm singing about and perhaps see, you know what, let me try this out. Or that's interesting. Or at least be intrigued or have an introspective conversation about how you view divinity and the relationship between the creator and his creation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all about relationship. That's how I see gospel music. That's my approach. So what does that mean in the genre? For me, that means I'm probably not going to toe tap and do all of that. I'm not gonna, I may not do that. I'm going to express out of my relationship out of my genuine heart, out of my, um, a lot of times I'll pray. Sometimes I'll listen to tracks that are sent to me and I don't know what to sing. I don't hear a melody. It's like the music's completely locked. Mm. And I'll pray and all of a sudden, I mean, literally it unlocks like that. And I can hear all the melody. I can hear the harmonies. I can hear the verse. I hear the cadence. I can hear all of those things. So. I'm partnering alongside with that experiencing their experience and mm-hmm. I want to give it to others so that it could bring them joy and hope. I don't like seeing in a box as mm-hmm. far as in gospel music, there's a lot of, um, cause you can hear it in the music and I'm not going to say not all the time, but sometimes you just hear, a bunch of vocal acrobatics. It's a lot of, um, sometimes it's a show-off type sport, if you will, and sometimes you don't always feel the feeling and the emotion and the relationship behind what's being sang, even though they're singing about God. And that's no knock. We can all be guilty of not being authentic and just showing off our talents. So that's no judgment. But what I'm saying is that contributed to a lot of my fear. Yeah. Bingo. Because I don't want to get up and sing and feel like I have to sing extremely loud or belt the whole time or do vocal acrobatics the whole time. I may just want to sing soft. Mm-hmm. I may just want to just be create a contemplative environment or mood. And so I want to break that box open to where 
we don't view gospel music as one way. It's varied. And there's so many different ways you can express your sentiment, express how you feel about divinity. And it doesn't have to look like the old school way. We can appreciate the old school way, but we have a new generation, a group of millennials. They may not like that sound. You have to bridge the gap. And so yeah. that's where I'm at as far as gospel music and how I feel about it and what I would like to contribute to gospel music. You've nailed it. So many points. It's interesting that you said Tower Records because they've demolished that building now. I don't live too far from it. And so I assume a condo or a restaurant or something is going to go up there. But I think of that. And as sad as that is that it's now gone, it's also kind of the rebirth of something new, whatever that is. And I also think just the way you express that so perfectly for this generation, like if someone were to, like if Eric had said to me, like, oh, do you want to hear this gospel music? Because that's not the thing I would immediately go listen to. I might just be like, eh, it's not my thing, but I'll give it like a listen. Whereas if I just listen to your music, I'm like, hey, this is really great. And I listened to all six songs that were on Spotify in a row and then hit them on repeat. You know, I was open to that music without it being influenced by so i think you can reach potentially more people right people who are involved in your church or in the gospel scene are going to listen to it because they know you and they love you and want to support you but then people outside of that might be more open to listening to that kind of music because it's like oh i didn't know it could sound like this and so yeah that is amazing i love that you did that i wondered if you could you're welcome you could tell us about some of the experiences that have and as greater or lesser detail as you feel comfortable that have informed some of the songs that you've written. Do you have any plans to release a full length album or go on tour or do any virtual concerts? I do plan to release an EP by the end of the year. Nice. Yeah. And I have done a full length project back in 2011. Mm -hmm. The majority of the material was unreleased, but I do have it on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, so you can look at, it'll say unreleased 2011 on my playlist. So forgive my vocals. I don't really sound the same. <laughs> I've, mm -hmm. I've grown vocally, but yeah, that is there. Um, but I am going to have something new coming out very, very soon. With COVID, it's been kind of difficult to assess how doing, you know, the whole yeah. outside concert type thing is going to look for me, but I do have some things planned. I definitely sing at church still, but I'm working on some virtual options. So look out for that. If not, you know, I'll keep it socially distant and uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and make sure I have the material online, you know. So uh, the other thing is you did have another question for me about what informs my decisions or my inspiration mm -hmm. behind what I make. The answer to that question is, I feel like sometimes in the church world or the gospel world, we can be unrelatable. And I think that people who are curious about God or divinity they may be a little intimidated by the facade of perfection mm -hmm. that they see. And that may keep them outside of trying to come closer to God. 
And so what inspires me is to is creating relatable music from the perspective of humility no matter who listens to my music i go through like you go through mm -hmm. and i may be in the fire right now while i'm singing this song to you but i want you to make it i want to make it let's do this together the outcome from my perspective is the mindset and the decision when you're in the fire of a circumstance or a very complicated decision that you may have to make. I like to make music that speaks to those internal conflicts. For example, one of the songs that I entitled Wilderness was basically that it had to do or it has to do with life being fine you know you, you know you go through life and everything's just great you have your routine everything is perfect and then all of a sudden one day either you get a phone call you get a diagnosis something happens that flips your world upside down and you've never been to this place before and you don't know what to do you don't know who to turn to it seems like you do try to pray and there's no answer i call this a wilderness experience and mm -hmm. so my song has to do with not dying in the wilderness not stopping in the wilderness but walking through it getting through the wilderness to the other side from my perspective because i sing to inspire my lyrics my hope is that my lyrics connect you to god and faith and faith pulling you through this very very dark time that you don't understand that particular song that i wrote and i've said it in a previous in interview i wrote it many many years ago and i started recording it in April and the week after I began recording it my brother was murdered and I had a studio session set up the very next week and I did not want to do it I did not want to finish it the anguish in my heart mm. the pain and grief in my heart And I remember telling my producer, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. This is too much. And he said, Brian H. Porter, by the way, he said, I understand if he would like to reschedule. He said, but all of that emotion, he said, we can use that. He said, I need all of that. You can still honor your brother, finish the song. And mm -hmm. That's what I did. So I don't make music from a fake place. I make it from a vulnerable place. I try to be transparent and I try to show you what I'm doing in the midst of my storm to make it through. Oh, amen. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just 
That was so much. Thank you. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry that you went through that. I can't even imagine it. And then also I'm like, and you wrote this song and then that song, boy, I'm getting emotional. That song was your healing in this moment, right? Or helped propel you to be able to, to use your voice towards an unfathomable, an unimaginable situation. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry about that. The other thing I wanted to relate it back to, so as you know, this is my yoga audio. And so every episode in some way relates to yoga, but like not just the physical practice, like also meditation and yoga is is moving meditation or moving prayer. And I've had a lot of people say to me over the years that they, they don't feel comfortable coming to yoga or doing a yoga class because it, it feels like it goes against their religious beliefs and they feel like they'd be adopting another religion. And that's certainly not what's behind yoga or at least not the way that, that I teach it or express it to me. It's more about the yoga off the mat and the goodness you do in the world. And I equate meditation and prayer as the same thing. So I'm so glad that you brought up prayer because you're like, if I just pray and it's a few days, the problem, you know, I suddenly get a solution. I feel that same way about meditation. And to me, the words are interchangeable. I know not everyone thinks that way. Well, the Bible talks about meditation Uh and to meditate. So I I, I see the correlation there. But continue. I just wanted to point that out. Oh, no, I'm glad that you did, because that's that's really more what I want to do on this platform, too. Like every single episode isn't talking about yoga. I just I see yoga in the world by people doing amazing and beautiful things. And and you're one of those people. So I'm really glad that you brought up those examples because I think a lot of people can relate to that. And then another thing that makes you more relatable, you know, I hear your voice and your songs and I'm like, wow, who is this singer? And then to find out you're balancing full-time work, being a wife, being a mom, pursuing a singing career, that's so much on your plate. So I wanted to ask you, how you stay balanced in your day-to-day life and what are some things you do to find your peace when things are stormy? That's so funny that you just said that word and that was my preformed question, but it's like, it is a storm. Life is a storm sometimes. Definitely. Well, I've learned with the whole busyness, you know, women, we wear many hats. And so we have to do a lot of different things, even, you know, working full time, I have two little kids, four and seven, and music takes a long time (laughs) to create. So one of the things that really helps me to balance is how I prioritize each one of those things. To me, my home has to be first. And then every extra thing that I have needs to, this is just my opinion, Mm -hmm. needs to kind of center around that because I have seen different things. I've seen sometimes being so busy on the, in the outside world and, you know, how we put our cape on and we, we do this and we do that and we're the corporate this and the this and the that and the this and the that. And you have children, yeah, they're fed and they have clothes, but different things are ignored emotionally and different things like that so I'd rather be my kids hero because that's my first ministry if you will Mm -hmm. and then after I make sure they're okay and that Eric is okay then I see what I can carve out 
and we do it that way. Now, thankfully, my husband helps me a lot. He gives me a lot of room to do what it is that I need to do, and I try to give that to him as well. But that's the main thing. What is the most important right now? And just taking care of home first. It's so hard working eight hours, and then I always say, you get off of one job, and you got to go to the second job. Yes. <laughs> Because man, I, you don't stop until 10, 11 o'clock at night and you get right back up and it's Groundhog's Day every day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially so, over the last year and a half, I can imagine. Yes, it's been something else. But yes, I try to put my family first and also knowing that when things go crazy or haywire, mm-hmm. my family is who I come back to. I gotta make sure home is okay. And if they're cool and I have to go to the studio for four hours, then it's okay. But if they're not and I'm running and going and I'm busy everywhere else, then that makes me feel out of balance. And so that kind of answers the additional question that you have about what do I do to find peace in the storm? I've really enjoyed marriage in terms of because you know you you know you're married you know how Mm -hmm. you can go through your ebbs and flows you know I've been married for about eight years now and one of the things that I've learned is to find the solace in your group in your immediate family do things together have fun together even if it's just going for a walk just being together cooking something great and sitting and watching a movie and just bonding and relating, that gives me peace. Talking to my mother, I love talking to my mom. <laughs> and just always connecting with your support system. Yeah, That has it helped is. me tremendously. Oh, I feel we're so much alike in that sense. Now my, my kids are older, so they're they're away at, at school and kind of living their own lives. And I'm like, that's been the hardest part. We talk every day and so we're connected, but it's like you just said, like my favorite moments is when we're all home and we've cooked something and we're having a great conversation and maybe we play a game and we watch something on TV and just laugh, you know, for yes. hours and hours. And I'm like, that's when I feel well and home and content. Yes. And it's like, as long as I know that exists in some way, shape or form, even when they're not physically yes. here, you know, if like too long goes by and we haven't actually had a conversation and we've just been texting. I'm like, my daughter called me yesterday, my eldest one. She's like, I haven't physically talked to you in two weeks. Like we text oh. every day, but she's like, yes. we need to talk. I'm like, yes, thank goodness. And so we feel that, you know, that sense. So it's so important. I feel like at the ages your kids are now, They'll know that and feel that. And when they get older, they'll want to keep up that connection with you. Ah, so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You are welcome. I wondered if you would talk a little bit about some of the best advice you've received and encouragement from mentors, from your faith, and then alternatively, what you would say now to someone who's listening that might want to be a singer, like maybe that's their gift and that's their dream too. I would say the most impacting advice that I've received was from my mother, who was all of those things, a religious, well, currently is all of those things, a religious leader. She used to be a principal down here in Elk Grove for many, many years, and she's very wise. And 
she used to tell me when I was going through different things, and she'd say, you know, you've been through a lot of different complicated situations, and she says, but I feel like God puts you in those situations for a reason. I feel like those situations are outside of you, and if you would just get the wisdom when you come out, you're going to help someone. She used to tell wow. me that. And so that would kind of help me to, to figure out while I'm going through, why is this happening? How can I change this for the better? How can I come out on the right side of this trial or test, whatever I was going through? So that helped me a lot. The other thing she would tell me is that time, preparation, and opportunity will intersect in your life. And that intersection is called purpose. You will meet purpose. But before you get there, you need to be patient, be humble, be prepared, be productive, and be ready when this time comes in your life. And you will do great things. Wow. Something my mother taught me. Flora Johnson is her name. <laughs> <laughs> what would I say to a young singer coming up? I would tell you that you can sing as good as your ear. If you have a good ear, whatever you can hear, you can do. If you get around other people who can sing or you find that you're around someone who can sing really good, or not even a singer, a musician that is really, really good, be humble. Be around these people because iron will sharpen iron. And even if your ear is at a certain level, if you get around other people whose ears are more mature, you can glean. You can get an impartation, if you will, from these gifts that are around you, and you can blossom and become even better. Be brave. Do not be like me. Do not beat yourself up. Do not be overly critical of how music comes out of you. I would say find, find who you are and relate to your audience from an authentic place and find your purpose when you're singing. Why are you singing? Why are you doing what you're doing? And kind of let that help you gain some sort of perspective about why it is that you do what you do, just to give you some depth. But that's what I would tell someone who aspires to sing. That's amazing. I just want to sit here and just parrot out the questions and let you talk because <laughs> you're saying these really amazing things that are, you know, beyond your voice. Which listeners stick with us because we're going to have some samples of her music play after the interview is over. So I want to give you a heads up about what's coming. But I have a few more questions for Simona first. And one is, other than what we're going to play here today, which they can come back and listen to, what is the best place for listeners to experience your music? Spotify. I'm on Spotify. I'm mostly on all of the digital platforms. I also have a YouTube channel that has more music that I've done. My um, YouTube page is called Encouraged to Inspire. And I have unreleased music. Hey, if you like that old school worship music and you want to hear some covers, I have some of that too. Um, 
and more to come. But yeah, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Amazon, all of those things. Oh, nice. Okay, we'll put, I didn't see the Amazon one yet. I will put all those links in the show notes. And do you have any other news, information, things that you think people need to hear from you right now in this time about you, about what you're doing, about where you're going and kind of how you're seeing this world. I had a conversation this morning with a group of girlfriends and it was kind of like this time is so uncertain for everyone. There's the pandemic, there's what's going on in Afghanistan. There's like, it's back to school and you know, we still have these surging numbers and then people have their own personal stuff too, right? Beyond all the worldwide things that are happening that are calamitous, we all have our own personal struggles. So what's, what's kind of your message? And I'm sort of putting you on the spot, but I'm curious what your message would be to people because I, you've said it a few times in this interview that you're here to help people and you've had people guiding you along. Your faith has guided you along. God has guided you along. What's kind of coming through to you? now for everyone moving forward? What I would say is to piggyback on everything you just said about the uncertainty of the times. Mm -hmm. Something that I've been saying all year is metaphorically, it is so dark outside. It's so dark and the world needs the light and There's this scripture in the Bible that talks about the treasure is in the earthen vessel. So I say that to say there is a treasure inside of everyone. There is purpose inside of everyone. And as dark as it is right now, now is the time. Whatever's stopping you, whatever's holding you up, just Come to the drawing board. Think about who you are and how you can help, how you can contribute. Because I hate to say it this way, but time is of the essence. Mm -hmm. With COVID, with the violence, the possibility of war, time is of the essence. And you may have the key that will get someone out of a dark place into a positive place into a spiritual place. You know, people are leaving out of here so, you think about my brother, he didn't have time. He didn't have any time. It just happened all of a sudden. He was murdered, full of life, full of life. I mean, 38 years old, extremely talented, a music head, (laughs) extremely intelligent. But what do you do with all of these? things that are in you. And I think that also, when you think about who you are and what you contribute to the world and how you can help, I honestly feel that that can also help preserve you. Preservation. If you're walking in your purpose, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're staying humble, if you're staying connected, these things, in my humble opinion, will help to preserve you. I would say not to be frivolous and not take time for granted. I would say utilize your God-given talents and abilities 
Stay away from jealousy and envy because everyone has a lane. Jealousy and envy is negative. It won't do anyone, including yourself, any good. It's time for us to be productive as people and do what we were created to do. Time is of the essence. And that's what I would say. Oh, so beautiful and true and powerful. I can feel it. I don't know if you can see me. I was holding up my arm because the hair was standing up on my arms when you were talking about that. So many wise words. And I, and I feel like it's really true and really real coming from you. Thank and you. Um, I want to direct listeners to find you. And I, as I said, I'll put this in the show notes and out on social media. But if you go to ReverbNation.com forward slash Simona, and that's S-A-M-O-N-A, it's kind of her main platform. It kind of serves as a bit of a website as well. And then her Facebook page is Facebook.com slash Music by Simona. And then she's got a YouTube channel, but it has a whole big long name on it. So I'm not going to read that out loud, but I will put that in the show notes so that you can find it easily. And of course, on Spotify. The My Yoga Audio, a lot of you are listening to that on Spotify as well as on Apple Podcasts. So we'll provide Simona's links for that as well. Simona, thank you so much again. You are very welcome. Yeah, I'm excited that we're going to be able to play some of your music now. Actually, my podcast editor is Wanda Abney, so she'll have a treat this month working on the editing and adding your songs in there as well as saying thank you to freesound.org who provides the intro and outro songs to the My Yoga Audio podcast. And until next time, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in and following along on this journey with My Yoga Audio and our guest, Simona Whiteside, today. And so keep listening closely and expanding exponentially because it's always a great time for you and your mind to be on the mat. Fix it for my good. Fix it for my good. I can feel it. Oh, you 
When I wanted to give up, he wouldn't let me go. He was right there. He kept me. Through it all, when I had no hope, when my back was against the ropes, he held my hand. He pulled me through. He made a way out of no way. He gave me a future. Now I can see. Yeah. 